Zolana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd like to start out today's show by announcing the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway, as I normally do. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes for episode 94 was entered to win the beautiful book by Faina Goberstein and Simona Merchant Dest that I featured last time, titled The Art of Slip Stitch Knitting. I chose a commenter at random, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Anna, or Zydrate Starling, on Ravelry. Congratulations, Anna! I'll get in touch with you soon to get your shipping information and to get this prize mailed on out to you. Thank you to everyone who participated. I will be announcing another drawing giveaway for you to enter, again later on in this episode. It's a funny thing because I feel like I just recorded a podcast episode and then I blinked for a quick second and it was time to record another one. I can't believe how fast the past few weeks have flown by. I think that this is partially due to my mystery knit-along, which is now in full swing. We're already about to start clue number four. I can't believe it. That has been keeping me quite busy because there are so many people participating and lots of questions for me to answer. Thank you to everyone who's joined the group and who is knitting along with us. I can't believe how many knitters have joined us. It's really gotten a wonderful amount of support. And everyone seems to be having fun, which of course makes me really happy. I've really enjoyed keeping up with all of your progress, and it sounds like many of you have really challenged yourself with this pattern and have learned many new techniques, which is always a good thing. Other than that, I've been busy working on the patterns for my new book, Baby Botanicals. And again, this is going to be a little book of patterns that are child size versions of the adult sweaters in my Botanical Knits and Botanical Knits 2 books. I'm choosing five of my favorite sweaters that I thought would look really cute in a tiny size. I'm going to try to offer a large size range of each of these sweaters from baby all the way to maybe a girl's size 8 or 12. So we'll see how that goes. So currently I'm working on the little version of my Autumn's End sweater and that's the cover sweater on Botanical Knits 1, the red lacy one. And um, I'm working that up in the Fiber Company Meadow Yarn which is a heavy lace weight, and it's turning out so beautifully. I decided for the baby version that I wasn't going to do an all-over lace because I thought that might be kind of a little fussy for a baby. So instead I'm doing a lace panel going up the front and on the sleeves. It's funny because for these sweaters, I'm trying to do a little bit of a play on words with the title, so for my twigs and willows cardigan that's the adult version i named the baby pattern twiggy 
And then for Bare Branches sweater coat, that's in Botanical Knits too. I named the little version Baby Branches, but I'm really having a hard time finding a pattern name that would suit the child's version for Autumn's End. I just don't know how to make that cute and childlike. If you have any suggestions, will you let me know? I was thinking Autumn's Beginning? I don't really know. So help me out with that, please. The other thing that I've been doing over the past week is keeping up with my little shop, which I am enjoying so much. I'm enjoying it more than I ever thought that I would. I am loving finding and buying special little things to stock the shelves. It's funny because I'm not too much of a shopper in my personal life. I mean, I like shopping just like anyone else, but I kind of hold myself back a little bit. But for the shop, I feel like that doesn't count because it's business, right? So I just basically have turned into a shopaholic with this. And it's really fun, let me tell you. I also like arranging and rearranging the displays. That's my new favorite pastime. When I leave the store at night, I carefully arrange everything just so, and then I spend way too long looking into the store through the windows from outside, from all angles, to make sure that everything looks just right. And then I'll even unlock the store and go back in and change things around. I'm kind of obsessed. When I'm not at my little shop, I think about it and I wonder how it's doing. And I've even gone in on my day off when it's all closed up just to visit it. I really do enjoy being there, surrounded by all the pretty little things. It's just my little happy place. It's funny because opening my own shop was a dream of mine many years back when I was in my early 20s. But when I started doing pattern design, I really did think that I had set aside that dream forever. I couldn't possibly fathom that I could juggle two careers in the knitting industry. But here we are. I'm still designing, but enjoying every last minute of having my own tiny store to take care of. It's this newly found love of being a shop owner that sparked a little new idea for me. As you know, a few months back, I started putting up little items from my shop for sale on my website, but now I've also started offering special little care packages. These are surprise packages that you can purchase that I'll be sending through the mail to those of you who don't live nearby and can't visit the shop in person. I consider these packages as a special little slice of my tiny store. A collection of carefully selected items, all centering around a certain theme, lovingly gift-wrapped, and all packaged together in a pretty little gift box. Everything inside the box is a surprise, because after all, that's what makes it fun and exciting. Everybody likes to receive special unexpected gifts in the mail, right? And since you don't know exactly what you're getting inside the box, it really does feel more like a special little gift from me to you. 
I'm really excited about the Premier Care Package that I just released. I'm calling it Have You Any Wool? because it celebrates the love of sheep and wool and is a great choice for any wool enthusiast. Now there are some very fun specialty things in here. Some things I ordered to have made just for this kit, so you'll most likely never find them anywhere else. Nearly everything in the kit is made by hand by different artisans from around the world. In the kit, you'll find some things from England, from the Shetland Islands, from Canada, and from all over the United States. If I got this little box in the mail, I would be absolutely thrilled. So I really hope you like it too. I had a lot of fun putting it together. And now we're having a lot of fun adding little special details and wrapping up everything just so. The other cool thing about the care packages is that everything included is at a price that is discounted from if you were to buy each item separately. So you're getting a special little collection of gifts in the mail, really beautifully presented and at a discount. What could be better, right? I'm only offering a limited number of these care packages and I will close all sales on February 1st or when supplies run out. And all the kits will ship in early February. If you're interested in purchasing one of these care packages for yourself or for a friend, please visit my site at nevernotknitting.com for more information. I do know that there are only a couple care packages left. So if you want one, you have a limited amount of time. So besides working on new patterns and care packages, I've also been busy preparing for the Stitches West show, which is coming up in the third weekend of February. I finally found out our booth number, so I'm excited to tell you that we will be at booths 1242 and 1244 this year. If you're attending the show, please stop by and say hello. I would love to either meet you or to see you again. Remember, this time around, I'll be doing this booth by myself, so it'll just be the Never Not Knitting store booth, and I will be stocking a large selection of Quince and Company yarns. Lots of fun and interesting notions, including the wool and wire jewelry line for knitters, as well as lots of patterns and books. Also, I'll be hosting book signings for the designers Hannah Fettig, Carrie Hogue, Kate Oates, and Elizabeth Doherty, which I'm so, so excited about. So if you own books by any of these knitters, be sure to bring them to the show so you can come and get them signed. This is shaping up to be the most fun and exciting Stitches West show yet for me. I cannot wait. Also, I wanted to tell you that I'm planning on debuting the mystery knit-along shawl pattern, along with two other new patterns as well. I hope to see you there. In this episode, I wanted to share a really cool product line with you. This is a line of bamboo fiber art tools designed and manufactured by the talented Katie Westcott 
of Katrinkles. I discovered Katie's work right before I opened up my little shop, and her products were one of my very first purchases. I personally am in love with her whimsical knitting needle gauges in the shape of different animals. They're so unbelievably cute. Now, we all have knitting needle gauges, you know, those little rectangular things that with holes where you stick the needles in and determine what size your needles are. And I did receive one special one from my friend Jill that was um, branded Never Not Knitting, and that was a special gift. But the other knitting needle gauges that I've bought for myself in the past have just been the plain metal ones. I think they're they're by Susan Bates. You may have um, one of those in, <laughs> in your stock. And also some just really cheapy plastic ones. And I've never really seen knitting needle gauges like this before. So when I found them, I was really excited. She has lots of different variety of gauges. There's lots of animals that she offers. And I think she offers different states as well in her Etsy shop. But my personal favorites are the hedgehog and the fox. They're so cute. She has lots of things that she sells, but the other very interesting product that she makes, but the other very interesting product, in my opinion, that she makes are stitchable buttons. Now, you know how most buttons have either two or four holes that you stitch into? to attach them to your garment? Newsflash, I'm here to tell you, those are boring. Why would you ever want to sew on plain old buttons like this when you could sew on Katrinkle stitchable buttons where the holes actually outline different shapes like anchors, hearts, arrows, and much more? When you use thread to sew on her buttons, you end up with this cute little embroidered shape right there on the button. It's so fun and so cute, especially if you use a contrasting color. I personally have never seen buttons like this before, and I think it's a genius idea. I'm wondering, why didn't anyone ever think of this? I have her heart buttons in stock in my online shop, and I think that these would be especially cute on a little girl's sweater. Something that I wanted to use stitchable buttons for in the future is I was thinking if I ever make another one of my playful striped sweaters, maybe as a gift, you know how it has the multiple colors in the yoke? I thought I could do stitchable buttons down the front and then use those colors, you know, a different color for each button. And I thought that that would look really, really cute. I just love products that are unique and fun and the Katrinkles product line certainly fits the bill. So I really wanted to share this special line of handmade products with all of you listening. So in the show notes, you'll find a link to the Katrinkles Etsy shop, as well as my website. I have several of her needle gauges and buttons in stock, and I'm offering a little discount starting now and extending through the month of February on all Katrinkles products to give you a chance to try them out. And if you're looking for a gift for a fellow knitter, I think these needle gauges would be a wonderful choice. I personally have given needle gauges to maybe five of my friends because I think that they're so sweet. 
I'm also happy to announce that I'll be giving away a little Katrinkle's needle gauge and set of buttons in this episode's drawing giveaway. Like I said, I have quite a few in stock, so I'm going to leave it up to the winner to decide which needle gauge and which buttons they would like. So if you'd like to enter to win, please leave a comment on the blog under the show notes for episode 95 by February 15th. I will be announcing the winner in the following episode. And I have another surprise to share. Katie from Katrinkles has kindly contributed a personal knitting story to this podcast episode. This is her story entitled, A Dirty Yarn. My first colorwork sweater was a great learning experience. I think I made every possible mistake. It turned out to be a beautiful finished garment, but there were some nightmarish bumps in the road along the way. The pattern I used is called Road to Golden by Lisa Schroyer. It was featured in the fall 2007 issue of Knit Scene. In case you're not familiar with this pattern, it's a worsted weight pullover and it has solid colored sleeves. A solid neckline and bottom border are knit out of the same main color. Most of the body and a small amount of shoulder are color work in a five color geometric diamond pattern. So if you glance at it quickly or from far away, it kind of looks like an intricately patterned short sleeve shirt over a long sleeved top that's solid colored. The thicker worsted weight yarn, solid colored sleeves, and the fact that it doesn't carry the yarn for too many stitches at a time in the pattern make it a good starter color work project. I started out by swatching as you do with a project like this. I spent most of one New Year's Day knitting and re-knitting my swatch to get the colors to work. It was pretty slow going. I even joked about making my swatch into a pouch and calling it quits. I had decided that color work would be a good way to use up some odds and ends of stash yarn, but getting the colors I had and the quantities I had to look right in the pattern took a little bit of finagling. I had a big pile of different colored yarns to choose from, but it ended up that what I had the most of that worked together were some different shades of pink, maroon, purple, and brown. The main color for the solid sleeves and neckline were going to be white. By the first week of January, I had gotten through the first row of the chart. Things were looking good. But a few inches in, I started to worry that I was going to run out of one of the pinks. I ripped back, re-swatched, and ultimately swapped in a gray for what was going to be purple. Finally, after my third attempt at picking colors, I was confident that I had the perfect mix and the correct amount of yarn. At the beginning of February, I was deep into the repeats of the sweater. I was binge-watching Six Feet Under in the evenings and on weekends, while slowly keeping track of what color went where in my chart. I learned that color work knitting in the round means that you spend almost as much time untangling all six of your colors as you do knitting them. You know that point of a project where you carry it around with you everywhere, hoping you might have five minutes to work on it? The project lived in an Nantucket-style basket, and I was taking it to work with me every day so I could spend a little time with it on my lunch break. At the time, I was working in downtown Providence's jewelry district in a really cool old building. It housed Providence's oldest elevator, which is a cast iron birdcage elevator that's man-operated. My parking spot was in a lot a few blocks away from the office. I was often rushing from my car to work in the morning. The walk only took about five minutes, and it included an intersection with a stoplight. One particular day, I noticed that one of the drivers was looking at me strangely as I waited to cross, but I didn't think much of it. When I got in the door of the building to the elevator, the attendant gave me a strange book too. I think you dropped something, he said. I looked back in horror to see that there were strands of yarn trailing after me. As I rounded back out of the foyer onto the street, I could see that my sweater had dropped out of the basket a few blocks back. 
the balls of yarn were paying out behind me as I walked. Upon further inspection, not only had my sweater dropped out of my basket, but it had landed into a mud puddle. It had happened to fall before I had crossed the street at the stoplight, so no wonder I was getting funny looks. Who knows how many cars had been driving over my yarn for the few minutes that it had gone rogue. I'd even had to wait for the light to change and the traffic to subside before I could cross to rescue the sweater and roll my balls of yarn back up. After some spot treatment, one side of the white stitches on the bottom border was still dirty and ugly looking. It never did get perfectly white again. While trying to remove all of the grease spots, it became apparent that the maroon yarn I was using would bleed when it got wet. This would have been annoying anyway, but since my colorwork pattern had white in it, I was completely not going to work. After some research, I learned that I should soak it in vinegar after I finished, so I kept knitting and hoped for the best. Upon completion, I sprayed the parts of the sweater that had red yarn down with vinegar. I'm pretty grossed out by the smell of vinegar. The sweater stunk like a salad, and it was to the point that I wasn't sure I would ever be able to wear it. But when I rinsed it out, the water turned pink, but it didn't spread to any of the other colors in the sweater. Also, thankfully, the vinegar smell disappeared. Despite some remaining spots on the white section of the sweater, the sweater turned out beautifully. I wore it happily for many years. Until I moved to an apartment with a front-loading washing machine, that is. When hand-washing my sweaters, I'd always put them in a top-loading washing machine on the spin cycle to get the excess water out. It really sped up the drying process. But apparently you can't do that with a front-loading washing machine because the sweater will felt. I learned this the hard way. Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your story. That's quite hilarious and tragic all at the same time. If you listening enjoyed Katie's story and it reminded you of your own personal knitting story, please get in touch. I'd love to hear it and possibly share it on a future podcast episode. I'm always looking for new personal stories to share because it's what makes this podcast so much fun to listen to. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes for Never Not Knitting, can be found on my website at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry under the name Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. I wanted to let you know that due to my very, very busy schedule and attending the Stitches West show and all, I will not be recording an episode for February. I would like to, and I hate, hate, hate skipping a podcast episode. I've barely ever done it in the seven or eight years I've been podcasting, but I just think it's going to be too busy of a time and it's going to be too stressful and I really want to give this podcast my best. So I hope that you'll understand that I think it's best that I skip February, but I will be back in March with another new episode. So that pretty much wraps up episode 95. Thank you again for taking the time to listen, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you at Stitches West, and if not, I'll be back at the microphone in March. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking from morning until she goes to bed.
take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry, it's even in the washer and dryer, that's why she can't do any laundry, I need some clothes, she's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad, her husband mad, I'm filing for she just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The house is burning up in flames Call 911 Her husband says Get up, let's go But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.